and welcome back to Theo Thoughts. Judson, how are you doing today? I am doing all right. I'm a little little body sore, but I'm I'm happy to be here. It's Friday. Yeah, super super cool. And it, it's almost weird though. Like I've I've talked to a lot of people who who've said that they're getting sore. I have like a lower back thing going on right yeah, now. Yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> I was feeling. I took it easier on my RDLs yesterday. Yeah, yeah, and it's been a stressful month overall with with festivities and games yeah. going on but it's almost over we're almost into that turkey season so yes sir i'm excited to do that too actually hot take turkey ain't that great for thanksgiving we switched to brisket a, a few years ago so much better for thanksgiving yeah i mean i feel like turkey's had a thanksgiving as the um wow we're gonna get off into a caveat already but that's totally okay you know we're here to talk about anything um I mean, I would probably like that better. Who wouldn't like that better? Yeah, it's just turkey's just dry. It's tough. It's tough to make. Our family does a trash can turkey. Oh, that's and that's cool. good. Yeah, and that's, that's good. Cool. But um, I mean, who wouldn't choose barbecue? You know, I know, right? It's crazy. All right. Well, anyway, yes. So, and- uh, we are talking today about a really cool thing. Uh, a little bit about how the churches changed and what the church was intended to look like and how it has evolved and you know some problems some good parts and yeah yeah so just the church overall i feel and judd feels that scripture portrays a different church in a lot of ways than what we look at um as the societally societally normal church today right Sorry, it was hard to spit. It was hard to spit that out. Uh, yeah, so like the socially normal church today looks a lot different than what it did in the Bible. Oh, so, yeah, is that something that we need to be like worried about? Is that something that we need to try to fix? Is that something that can we can be totally okay with? What are those problems? How do we address them? What does the Bible say about them? And you know, how do we go forward from here? Yeah, I know. Uh, so, for me, me and a friend right now are currently reading through Acts together. So, this is the very start of the church uh you know we're getting we're starting to see uh we're just about to get into saul uh we just finished with stephen also stephen was a chad Mm. uh but it's i mean the first churches were like house churches like people would get together in a house and some of like they would have a copy of a letter and or or eyewitness accounts or whatever, but they would get together at the church, they would have a meal, and they would talk over whatever the thing is. Oh, and yeah. it was hard back then because then they were, they were still under Roman oppression and oppression from the uh, the Jewish uh, hierarchy of Sadducees and Pharisees. And like many times the, the disciples were arrested uh, for speaking the name of Jesus out to people. And so, yeah, it was just way, it was, it was a lot different back then. Very, very much so. And it makes me realize whenever I go to church today that it can be very anti-personal and there's several, there's several different places and areas that can be anti-personal. I think one of those places now is worship. Mm. So, um, last year I was, or not last year, what am I saying? Last week at uh, church, my dad, I was at home. He preached about the importance of worship alongside prayer. Mm. Praise is just as important as prayer is. Oh yeah. So the importance of worship is huge. And he was talking about how um, 
all these people go to church and they're terrified. Like, well, number one, I, I can't sing. I might not know the words. Right. I don't yeah. want to like, you know, if I'm not going to sing or, or I don't like, know the words or, like or hands up, like, especially like for a first time person, like seeing, you know, some of you have their hands up. Some people maybe down on their knees and just like, this is a lot. I have no idea what to do. And, yeah, exactly. When that's not what it was supposed to be, right? You know, like you're supposed to be giving adoration to the Lord uh, through song. Like it says, if you yeah. if you have something to, I'll have to bring up the verse, but yeah, it's just it's kind of it's kind of tough for worship leaders, especially nowadays, because if there's a song that um, maybe is a little newer or is towards the end of a worship session, it's really easy for people to just stand there. Like yeah, bricks, and just look up at the screen, and like maybe right. hum a little bit. But no, the Bible says strictly to make a joyful noise. Yeah, and the Lord loves that. Like even if your joyful noise may sound like a cat sometimes, like if it's coming from the heart, like that's really all that matters. But I definitely, I feel that. So like I'm a I'm a co worship leader right now, uh, and you know that is something we have to balance thinking about. You know the type of songs, and not only the feel of the songs but really thinking about the words so there's a song that we're getting ready for our next set uh graves in the gardens okay. which is uh, a really great song and we were talking about the bridge where uh the words are you turn bones into armies you turn graves into gardens you turn seas into highways super powerful you're the words. only one who can oh yeah yeah and we've talked we were talking about in like in a lot of songs this bridge people like cheer like out of just pure excitement and praise for the Lord and what he has done in these acts. And so we talked about the importance of this and the type of setting that we are trying to, you know, help create. You know, I, I, I heard something from the Greek Orthodox church, uh, on our uh, field trip to St. Louis. Uh, he was saying that in the reason that they chant or they engage in the style of worship, they're trying to blur the lines between heaven and earth. Mm. And that's the type of space that we're trying to create. And now you can get people that get like really big, fancy productions and like they make it a show. Yeah. And they they make it about watching instead of listening. They make it about singing instead of worshiping. And it's... It, it it loses the meaning. Yeah, and and there's someone here on campus who, um, you know, pursuits very very good a lot of times. And I think it's easy for, especially big like mega churches and other places, for you to get caught up in like, wow, the worship team was really really good today. Let's clap for them. And then the worship leader will be like, no, give all the glory to the Lord. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they they graduated uh, this past year, but I remember that was one thing I really admired is that when people would clap after a worship song, you know, and it's, it's not even like, it's not bad for, about the people clapping, you know, they're just, they, they heard something good and they just, they want to give applause. Yeah. But the worship leader is really intentional about, you know, like, yeah, this is, this is for God. Let's bring it to God. And it's a, it's a real shift. Uh, no, honestly, speaking on that, so our team is also getting ready to go to a prison for to lead a worship service. Oh my. Now, I had an opportunity to do this in the spring. Let me tell you, it was one of the most raw, pure expressions of worship that I've ever been a part of. And we had to use the instruments that were there at the prison. So an old out-of-tune piano, some you know old guitars, and just a box cajon drum. But... Like there were like 30, 30 inmates there. Now this was, uh, you know, low level petty drug, that kind of stuff. So no, yeah. no violent crimes. But these, 
these guys were just so into it and they were like it was true worship and it was just such a such a like a culture shock and like the change of the dynamics between what we experience here on campus and what i experienced there and you know it wasn't you know it wasn't big there was no audio equipment there was you know there was no pro presenter slideshow there was no lights it was just we're just in a room right now in a prison just we're just surrounding ourselves with you know 30 or so inmates but they weren't inmates anymore they were just fellow worshipers it was so cool yeah and that's excuse me that's really cool um because those are like really really broken people right so it really kind of gives you an idea and that's something that's so missing in the church today because the broken people who are at church are scared to sing out right whenever there's uh you know like a really uppity person standing next to them and they're yeah. like, Oh, don't interrupt me in my singing, mm. you know? So like mm. back, back yeah. to the, back to like the main core idea of what yeah. I, like what I was referring to in worship and church nowadays is so undertoned. Yeah. It's, it's supposed, it's supposed to be your one. It's supposed to invite the Holy spirit in so right. that the person who's giving the message can really like, and then the whole, and then the Holy spirit gets to speak to us individually. You know, mm. we're only supposed to get, what like the pastor is saying in words, you know what the human attention span is like the Holy spirit is supposed to be invited in. That's the right. reason for worship. Yeah. And James says, is anybody uh, here? Let me pull it up. I have it right here. It says uh, James five thirteen through 18. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. And actually this yeah. is the part that I wanted to uh, emphasize. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's really uh kind of uncanny. You're supposed to sing songs of praise. You're supposed to rejoice, make a joyful noise. That doesn't right. mean it has to be good. If you can't sing, sing. Yeah. You if know, you like, want to dance, dance. Yeah. Like it's a, it's, it's, it's not, it's not about the production. It's about, you know, it's about the words. Like, and we have the Psalms of all of these different, you know, songs and poems that have been recited, have been repeated. And we've turned like our, our uh, pursuit team, we did Psalm 23, which was Psalm 23 in the form of a song. Yeah. And we have really been trying to be intentional about making it about the words and, you know, bringing attention to the words and not bringing attention to a cool guitar riff or a cool drum, whatever. Yeah. But really trying to focus on, you know, some of these, like these words are powerful and we're trying to bring light to that. But I mean, yeah, I mean, you're, you're so right that it's just, it's, it's lost some of it today. And even with some uh, worship leaders or some churches, they just, it, it can feel like a chore. It can feel like a chore to them instead of, you know, God's gift being used to connect everybody in form of praise. Yeah. And I would almost call it fear, to be mm-hmm. honest, Judd. Yeah. Because if you're somebody who is broken, and you go to church, although it's supposed to be a place for the broken, it doesn't feel like that anymore. Yeah, definitely. So whenever you're in worship and there's people next to you kind of giving you the side eye, like, what's he doing here? I know what he's mm. done, or I know what he gets up to on a daily basis. Whenever like you're broken, you're hurting, you want to get back to the Lord. You know, when yeah, you yeah. want to use praise as a weapon mm-hmm. as much as you want to use it as medicine. Yeah. You want to use praise in whatever the Lord, like uh, whatever avenue the Lord gives you. Right. And these people are judging you when, you know, in reality, like the church is a place for the sick to go. Right. Yeah. 
Like we are, we are doing such a disservice if, you know, there's a newcomer that comes in, somebody they've never seen before. Maybe they don't have a great singing voice and then, you know, we give them a weird look or, you know, we scoot ourselves away or it's, it's, it's about, and we've talked about this as well, as well about how do we create a space that is engaging for those that don't regularly, aren't regularly there. Like they're in some of the services that we go to you know we see the main group of people who are on fire and you know they're in oh, the, yeah they're in the front and they don't they don't need any help like they they'll they'll engage with whatever good singers bad singers hands raised you know uh submissive posture of hands open to the lord uh but the people that don't regularly go they feel already left out and I mean, it's almost, I mean, it's almost segregated and it's, it's not inclusive. And so it's, yeah, it's just, it's really hard, especially I know for me, I, I connect better in a smaller setting. Like I, like I came from a smaller, uh, smaller church. Uh, I'm, I, I don't feel super at home in like a big church or a big space with fancy everything. Like I, I like, I prefer a more intimate setting. At least that's how I feel. I connect. I know some people can connect with like, you know, hundreds of people all praising the exact same words and all lifting up, you know, synonymous praise. Uh, for me, I, I feel I'm most connected in a intimate setting where it's not about the, you know, the production. It's just about, you know, a few people just sitting around a room, you know, leading have just singing praises together oh yeah and there's definitely something to that because whenever you see all the pieces come together it is a, a truly majestic thing yeah yeah so like for example if you've ever been to a church camp like a youth oh, yeah. church camp i was a camp counselor whenever like day four day five those kids are all best friends Oh yeah, they are not scared to sing out, right. raise their hands, yeah, and jump around, around and dance. Yeah. <laughs> and the worship team might be awful, but it doesn't matter. You know, you're learning yeah. these fun songs, and then you move into worship. And I have seen the most powerful movements of the Holy Spirit yeah. because everybody is in tune with the worship. Everybody is worshiping in their own way. Right. The Holy Spirit has a wide open door. But on Sunday mornings, whenever I'm trying to praise the Lord, I have my hands raised and my entire row is full of people sitting there just staring at the screen with crossed arms like that's an issue. Right. Yeah. Like it's 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 one thing because we are all we all come from different backgrounds. Like I know sometimes for me, I just want to stand, you know, eyes closed. You know, I I often will like kind of like, you know, put my hands to my chest and just stand there and just kind of bask in it and it's uh it's it, it it becomes a problem when you when we shut ourselves off to it uh in like like you were said like you know crossing arms just sitting there and you know i personally i also understand not every night that i go to a service do i always feel it and you know even like that uh song waymaker even when i don't feel it you're working yeah uh and so, you know, not every time we go, you say, we're not saying, you know, you have to be, you know, fully on fire. Your spirit has to be lit. Like it has to be big. It has to be full. Like, but just allowing yourself to be there. And if you're not feeling it that night, allowing yourself to not sit and listen with your ears, but sit and listen with your heart. Big time. 
And that starts with the invitation of the Holy Spirit. Right. It's yeah. it's a mentality thing. And whenever that mentality changes and you have the heart of a worshiper and you have, you know, come to uh, the proverbial altar, even if you're sitting in your pew mm-hmm. and you're like, Lord, like I give my attention to you in this time. I sing these songs. These words aren't just uh, going in one ear out the other. I mean what I'm saying. Right. right. So yeah. say you sing, um, I'll raise a hallelujah. Mm-hmm. I forget what that song is called exactly. But, you know, I'll raise a hallelujah. I but mean, any- just raise a hallelujah. Okay. Well, anyway, so there's so much power in that. Like, have you ever yeah. heard praise by uh, Elevation Worship? I think so, it says, yeah. my praise is the shout that brings Jericho down. Yeah. Like, Matt, like mm. my freaking awesome things happen yeah. whenever there's a group of people or even by yourself praising the Lord with all that you have. Right. And that's missing in today's churches. A lot of them. I can't speak for all churches. Maybe you're a listener out there who has an awesome and earth shaking, um, thing that happens every Sunday, whenever your worship pastor goes up on stage, Mm -hmm. or maybe you're like, I'm the person who's in the crowd who just stands there. And maybe Mm -hmm. I need to have a mentality change and a heart change and invite in the Holy spirit. Because like you were saying, Judd, it's not going to happen every single Sunday, but you got to have that attitude of, accepting him whenever he knocks on your door and not like i'm gonna get embarrassed i can't sing besides these people i don't know these people they're gonna be distracted by me i'm gonna inhibit the bible says nothing about singing well doesn't say anything about (laughs) distracting others the bible says make a joyful noise rejoice unto the lord right and then it's also it's good it's on the healthy people to then find those uncomfortable people and be inviting themselves so if somebody's has gone and secluded themselves in you know an empty pew you know, and they, you know, may not be feeling, they're looking around, they look, you know, reserved, timid, arms crossed, you know, be that person that's inviting, go next to them. If, you know, even, you know, just sing badly, you know, just allow yourself to be inviting because the more that we, as the healthy people that Jesus refers to, the more as we, you know, surround ourselves with the sick people as Jesus did, it creates a new radiance of energy. And that positivity, that engagement, uh, when, you know, that person says like, oh, and these people are coming next to me. They, they want me to be there. I was just like, that guy's, that guy's standing, just, just standing, but he's in it. That person, they're on their hands and knees, hands lifted up. That person's a terrible singer. That person's a great singer, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm no different. They're and, making joyful noises. Yeah. <laughs> it it reminds me of a story that um, really isn't that old. So I was at church two weeks ago at home. I'm going home every single weekend to be in charge of the kids' ministry that we have on family nights on Sunday nights. And there's a guy who's new to our church, um, and he was really, really, really bad into uh, drug addiction before mm-hmm. he, he came into the church. He was laying in bed waiting for himself to die, and he heard the Lord's voice say, I'm not done with you yet. Mm. One day he showed up at our church, and ever since then, like he used to have, he had to have an, he's 52 or something. He has, has to have an oxygen machine. He can't get two words out without gasping for, mm. for every bit of breath that he can have. Um, but the guy plays guitar unlike any other person I've ever seen. He can, <laughs> he can string that baby. Yeah. And, um, he helps me in it with the kids on Sunday nights. And he asked me because I go up on stage um, during praise and worship and like I'm in charge of doing the motions. I sing along. And one of the songs yeah. we do is I'm free. 
You know, I'm free to run. I'm free to dance. I'm free to live for you. I am free. And I do all the motions and I'm not ashamed. I have all the kids doing it up there with me. Like the adults are doing it too. And he asked me, he was like, Jordan, how, how are you not afraid of distracting other people? How are you not afraid of like Mm. not sounding bad? How are you not afraid of, you know, just like being made a mockery of, I said the same thing that I've been saying this whole time. I said, dude, the Bible doesn't say anywhere that you need to be praised in a specific way. It doesn't say yeah. that you need to sing well, like, you know, all the, all the things that I'm reiterating here. And then that following Sunday, my dad preached on that exactly. Mm. And then I walked back to him and I was like, there's your answer. <laughs> and he was like, wow. And then he started to sing and praise and it's powerful. Yeah. So I guess to wrap up the worship portion of today's mm-hmm. podcast, I would say, um, worship. Yeah, you know, if you don't feel if you don't feel welcome, it starts with the willingness to open yourself up to possibilities. If you find that you've already been welcomed, find those who don't feel that way. Mm. If you find yourselves on the stage of leading the worship, you know, make it about the words that a congregation is praising in unison. Don't make it about the you know, the, the technicalities, the audio, the, all of that, make it about the spirit. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. And on the, so on the flip side of that, you got your worship and then you got, yeah, your preaching and the, the way that we gain new insights yeah. and in whatever form that may look like. And, uh, yeah. So about, about how big is your church? Jordan? Um, I would say if I were to go to church here in Greenville, we have two services. I, I, I wouldn't give it an exact number because, to be honest, I have no idea. But it's a big mm, church. Okay. It's a big yeah, church. Yeah. 600 plus easy. Okay. But at yeah, home, yeah. 70, 80. Yeah, that's about mine as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you got different, you got some similar different experiences. Uh, one thing that I remember has changed so much from the original church of the idea of like house churches or people gathering in an intimate place uh, is around the time of Constantine, the kind of switch to a auditorium based uh, preaching one, because sometimes there were just so many people and needed a place where everybody could hear easily, but also the idea of a person on a, a person on a stage, you know, up, Above other people at a pulpit giving a message and that has been one thing that is really like i mean when you go to a church that's the basic thing i mean you got a stage you got a pulpit you got a pastor up there and that has drastically changed uh from the church of the church of acts the church of immediately post jesus is the stage and i know sometimes for me uh i mean this is not all this is seldom, but sometimes it feels like a a them and me instead of a we. Yeah. Especially depending on the preacher or the message. Yeah, it, it's really easy to just to feel like um, there's a show going on up there. Yeah. And the message is just a message that's meant to pertain to the masses. Yeah. So like I don't necessarily have to take anything out of it. But as like a whole community of people, that is what it that that is what it is. And uh, building on top of that as well, the congregation is something that the pastor can be scared of a lot of times because there's so many denominations nowadays and uh, people have 
built their philosophy on, or sorry, people have based their biblical views on their philosophy instead mm -hmm. of getting their philosophy out yeah. of what the Bible says. Yeah. And that's a big problem, and it leads to a lot of problems in our churches mm -hmm. nowadays. Yeah. I've also, I was, uh, I saw this video recently of this pastor uh, at a mega church. He was talking about his message and talking about that, you know, when somebody questions the message sent by a preacher, somebody who has been anointed to do so, if you at all ask a question, that is like questioning the spirit and committing the unforgivable sin. And I was just like, so you're saying that if I ever ask you a question about your message, the man that the human that's giving a message that I'm committing an unforgivable sin. And it's, it's, it's really hard also for, you know, like Jesus said, it, it's hard for a wealthy man to get into heaven, not because of the wealth itself, but the temptation. Oh yeah. Or like the, you know, in the mega church or the televangelists, it is really hard for them to be authentic because everything has become, you know, a show to some of them. And then they're, you know, saying like, if you at all question anything I ever say, then, you know, you're committing unforgivable sins because you're questioning the spirit. And it's just like, you're a dude, I'm a dude. We're both figuring this out together. None of us has it a hundred percent right. Like calm down. Yeah. And I, I think it just causes a lot of divisions, even among, you know, families like, uh, my dad, my mom, my sister, my brother, and I were free Methodists. So the doctrine is similar to what we have here at the school or mm -hmm. what it's supposed to be. And the rest of my family is Pentecostal. Mm -hmm. So as much as it's like, yeah, we believe in the same God. Like I can't tell you how many times there has been arguments over whether or not you need the evidence to, of speaking in tongues to mm -hmm. be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Right. And it just seems sort of pointless. Yeah. Why? Right. Yeah. And it's just the, that's why I have also, I find, you know, sometimes my church feels like this, like I'm gesturing between me and Jordan talking. Sometimes my church feels like getting in a room with people. Sometimes it feels like a, just a really engaging Sunday school class. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, just the, the dialogue between people, because, you know, it's also, it's, it's, it's a heavy burden on pastors to be the only ones to understand new things. And, you know, it's, I've talked about this before. I find it I, most in dialogue where I'm able to gain new understanding. And if, you know, sometimes somebody, you know, when we were talking about being comfortable, if somebody didn't understand what the pastor was talking about, but they might be too, too afraid to even ask They're like, well, what are they going to say if I ask about their message and not understand it? Like I want to understand, but you know, I have to sit here in my chair and I gotta, I gotta be quiet while they're, while they're talking. And, and sometimes they, they don't learn. And so it's, again, it's about creating that inviting space as a pastor, as you know, somebody sitting next to him in a pew, but yeah, for sure. So yeah, I, I guess I guess to move on, the next thing we could talk about is huge. And uh, I guess if I would have to put it rather bluntly, I would say the majority of churchgoers are fake. Mm. The majority of churchgoers go to church 
put on a mask, stay there for two hours, and then go back. You know, cussing on Saturday, and yeah. then on Sunday you're there back, and or I, I use cussing as a metaphor for like yes. whatever else you could be doing. Yeah. But then uh, Sunday you're in there praying back again, then the whole thing starts again on Monday, mm -hmm. right? People are fake. And yeah. it has caused so many problems. Yeah, for sure. I uh, I, I talk about sometimes uh, Christmas Christians or Easter Christians. So the people that, you know, they go to church sometimes, or maybe they go to church every Sunday, or they just go to church on Christmas, or they just go to church on Easter. And it's just, you know, it's just a, it's, it's a routine for them. It's just like, oh, well, I was raised and I went to church on Sundays. So we're going to church on Sundays, but you know, when I get back, I'm going to drink all my problems away, or I'm going to go and, you know, live a life of, you know, bad choices and sin. Oh, well, I'll, you know, always got to go to church on Sunday. And it's just, it's completely, completely missing it. It, it then becomes, it becomes part it, a chore to mm -hmm. some people. And then you have the people that become like over about it. You have the people that share just like, you know, Oh, I highlighted this new thing in my Bible today, or just like, oh, I did this today, or just oh, this or oh, that, and it's just bringing so much attention to them and bringing so much attention. Just like, look at how connected I am. Look, look at my connection. I mean, y'all can't even imagine. Like, I don't even just go to church. I do this and I do that and I do this. Like, it's good to be in. Like, if you're being involved, that's great. If you get, if you're, you know, truly, you know, diving deeper every day, that's great but then it becomes it becomes a show of like who's the most righteous and so and you can you can have that play out in a church service of like who can who can sing the loudest who can raise their hands the highest who can fall down the hardest in it just it, it becomes a competition with some christians and it's like it just it just makes me frustrated it's it's super fake and like i i asked myself the question um, while you were talking, I'm like, what would a pastor have a harder time with? Right. And I want you to answer this sin sincerely. Yeah. Someone who is completely broken, who, um, you know, might be on the run from the police coming in and asking for help to a pastor or a family that is so clicky that everyone around them in the congregation is scared to act out in praise or to pray out loud because it would just ruin the social norm that they have instilled by having their family there for an X amount of years. What's harder on a pastor? Good. I feel like what's harder on the pastor is that family bit. I feel like at least for me, you know, if, if somebody, Agreed, by the, the, way. the authenticity of a broken person asking for help is it like first off that is just an amazing thing like if somebody is has been struggling and battling things you know for a while but then they just ask for help that is just the easiest just like i got gotcha. you let's let's figure this out that's that that's that's easy that's the easier easier not easy but that's the yeah. easier and, part and and that's a pastor's job you know yeah. like whenever if you look at an example in scripture um, Jesus asked Peter at the end of John and John 21, Peter, do you love me? Peter, Simon, mm -hmm. son of John, do you yeah, love yeah, me? Yeah. And, uh, he says, yes. And in three different ways, Jesus tells him to lead his people, feed yep. my lambs, feed my sheep, shepherd yeah. my flocks. Yeah. Right. And it hurt Peter. But I guess, I guess the point is here is that's what, that's a, that's what pastors love to do. Someone walks into their office and they're broken and they need healing. That's mm -hmm. what pastors love to do. That's what their job is there for. Right. They're not meant to be the, the, you know, the 
cafeteria supervisor over <laughs> a bunch of clicky teenagers or at least acting like clicky teenagers in the sanctuary who right. are trying to govern everything by being the it family in the church mm. yeah but not like i mean you brought up like so peter of course every man struggles peter is a great example of sure. a great man struggling uh and he kind of reminds me sometimes of some of those clicky families or some of those people are just like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I love you. I'm so on fire. I would never, you know, I would never turn you away. Like, I'm I'm with it 100%. And flash forward a couple of days, it's like, Jesus, I don't know about no Jesus. It's just, I don't know about that. And it's just like such a quick and easy turnaround for some people, like to be on Sunday, like, oh, yes, Jesus on fire for God, all of this, you know, glory, glory, glory. And even Jesus talks about, you know, some of you say, you know, oh, you know, we praised your name. We did things in your name. Like, you know, I, I, I went to church every Sunday and Jesus would be like, you weren't, you weren't doing that for me. You were doing that for you. Mm -hmm. You were doing that. So you could say you went to church. You weren't coming to church to say you were with me. You're saying to, you went to church because you went to church. And thus it becomes a popularity contest. Right. It's not about the act itself of going into church. It's about the, you know, what we do while we're in there and our actions. And, you know, for a, you know, in when we're talking about as a pastor, you know, there's some families that'd be like, you know, oh, we tie the lot to this church. So, you know, we get to do things how we do it. And uh, we're like, oh, or if somebody comes in, from a different experience and they're, you know, they're dancing. Oh my gosh. You can't do that anymore. Mr. Pastor, pastor, please, you know, whatever. And yeah, but I don't know if you can tell through the, through the audio, but I'm doing, I'm, I just get frustrated and just thinking. Yeah, this it. hits home for sure. This hits home for sure. But it is a scary reality that you can go to church every single day and have the wrong mentality about it. You can go through the motions so to speak, and go and just live with the fact like, oh, yeah, my friends are at church there or, oh, I love to work in the nursery or just they make it like a hangout spot rather than and we'll use the other side of the first question that I asked you, that broken person who comes to church for what the church is supposed to be, mm -hmm. a place of refuge. That's right. what it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be a place where you can get clicky and talk to all your girlfriends or talk to all your guy friends and then go shoot basketball at the hoop that they put up outside right. or blah, blah, blah. You know, that's not what it's supposed to be. And that's why we've strayed away from things like worshiping. That's why we've strayed. Yeah. There's nothing more powerful. And I'm going to get off on a tangent here, so forgive me. But there's nothing more powerful than a person alone, totally and obviously broken giving all that they have to the Lord and going right. up to the altar. Yeah. The altar is a foreign thing nowadays, Judd. I know. Honestly, I, I feel that. I feel that too. I remember when I was younger uh, and I didn't you know, I didn't fully understand everything, but I would every single Sunday I would go uh, with my dad to the altar and we would pray together for like all of all, like all of my youth. And I was just like, Oh, you know, it's time to go to the altar. And you no, know, there'd be other people that go and, it's just becoming less and less because, you know, the altar is a place for reconciliation. It's a place for healing. It's a, a place of death. Yeah. It's, it's, it is a, it's, it's just a lot. And, you know, to say, you know, the altar is where we go for, you know, 
when we need when we need prayer over like it talks about i think also in that same james passage of like if you need healing go to the altar and the elders of the church and the like today is we we live in a broken world and there are some there's sometimes where like nobody goes to the altar or nobody goes in prayer you tell me that every single person in this room right now is unbroken no not we, one like person. we we always we always need prayer we always need healing and the altar you are you are right the the altar has become a oh that's embarrassing i don't i don't i don't want to go up there you know that's a that's a taboo thing now it's it's just it's become you know like a like a repelling magnet just like just like nope can't go up there yeah no one wants to draw any attention to themselves right which is an issue which brings me to my favorite analogy and what i uh, when i texted judd initially this was going to be the title of the episode and once again i'm going to bring up the band casting crowns Mm -hmm. and they have a song called the stained glass masquerade and it is the idea that you know stained glass like a church masquerade everyone who's there puts on a mask you're not seeing who they really are yeah which is why it's so beautiful whenever you do recognize who you are and you have all of this hurt, all of this burden, and you're there, and you worship, and you give everything that you have to the Lord, and the Holy Spirit fills you, and you are on fire for Christ, and then you listen to the message, and you get the message not just for what the pastor is saying, but for what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you in the message, and you retain, Mm -hmm. and then finally you go to the altar, and you lay down those burdens. Like these, This is how it's supposed to work, but there's so many blocks in the way for the average Joe nowadays. Yeah, for sure. Which is making the church ineffective in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge problem. We can't have the stained glass masquerade. Yeah, a hundred percent. There's, uh, there's this, uh, man at my church. He's a, he's one of the, one of the pastors there. Uh, he's, he's gone through a lot of health stuff, but one thing he does every Sunday, there's a specific altar. He's also, he is a man of powerful prayer. Like he, his he can just he he could he could pray the devil out of anything like just this this is a man with a true heart on fire a true understanding spirit and he doesn't he doesn't pray for show he prays for the spirit and every every sunday there is one altar and he you know he goes there with his cane and he walks and he sits up there with a big fat smile on his face you know just waiting for somebody to just be like hey brother i need some prayer and be like Hoorah, let's do it. Yeah. And uh that's so cool. And it's just it's so amazing because people recognize that and people feel comfortable with him. And I'm like, man, like this is this is the kind of space that we gotta create create, like with the altar. Because the altar, like we said, is a super powerful thing. It's where like like we could even talk about like statistically the altar is where most healings happen. Oh. Like both of the body, of the mind, of the spirit. Like the altar is so powerful. And now, you know, some places just there just isn't an altar. Nope. And it's it's sad because this is just such a it's a place where we come down. You know, it's you know, our legs can't support us anymore, so we fall to our knees on an altar. We just we give ourselves, we surrender ourselves, we allow the spirit to move in and through us to, you know, reconcile and to heal. And there are, you know, 
I've seen altars get dusty because people they're just not being used. People don't use them. And pastors know that even if they do call an altar call, say come to the altar, mm. um, the Father's arms are open wide. Yeah, that's another song. Yeah, yeah. But uh, a lot of people will just stay in their seat. They're not serious about it. Right. And um, Judd, am I allowed to? Could I read the lyrics of this Absolutely. this chorus from the song? Yeah. So this is from The Stained Glass Masquerade by Casting Crowns. The chorus says, Are we happy plastic people under shiny plastic steeples with walls around our weakness and smiles to hide our pain? So that's powerful mm. right there. Saying yeah. like we're all just plastic. We go through the motions. We're, we're playthings that go in there and yeah. – um, essentially just hide all of our weaknesses and act like we're so strong right yeah like we is not for you to be you know to say just like you know be struggling with maybe the worst things that have ever gone on in your life and just be like i'm fine i can do this i'm strong enough yeah the old the old oh how are you oh i'm just tired yeah i'm just tired yeah and when you when you put that when you have that poised position it shuts out a lot of other people too and that's what the course goes into when it says, um, but if the invitations open to every heart that has been broken for people who are brokenhearted, maybe then we close the curtain on our stained glass masquerade. Mm. Yeah. So whenever you have that position of, oh, I'm fine. Like I have to, I have to show off that I'm fine. Mm-hmm. It has more of an effect on other people and looking at themselves than it has anything to do with people looking at you. Yeah. There is power in being broken. Yeah, for sure. And like, I mean, even with that James, James, uh, James verse of, you know, if you have troubles, you know, fall down in prayer. If you need mm-hmm. healing, you know, seek, seek the elders of the church. And it is, it is, I mean, honestly, some, you know, sometimes it's hard for me. I'm not, I'm not perfect. It's hard for me to recognize that, like, you know, I really need prayer right now. But, uh, you know, it feels taboo. All right, I'm gonna be, <laughs> I'm gonna be real for a sec. So there was a Michael W. Smith concert here at Greenville yeah. last week. Now, for those of you who don't know, Michael W. Smith wrote Waymaker, many other things. Your grandparents probably love him. Yeah. Uh, uh, but he came in to do a concert for Whitlock, and Whitlock was packed. You know, a bunch of people, you know, a lot of people that had gone to Greenville before, alums, families, student families, students, whatever. But at first it was like – so we had a great opportunity with the person that, you know, wrote these beautiful poems of, you know, song to, you know, be in, you know, synonymous praise with each other. And like during the first part of it, I was just like, this is, this is a concert. And like, I was looking around and like people were just sitting, you know, just leg folded over the other, you know, and people were recording with their phones and I'm just thinking, what is going on? Like, it just felt like, you know, like, at, yeah, we're all, you know, we're all good. We're, we're here, you know, like, oh yeah, Michael W. Smith, all that. And, but their focus is on something else. And there was at one point where I, uh, he was getting into, uh, an exciting part of the song that I, I really liked. And so I, I stood up and I started clapping along and my dad right next to me was like, Whoo! and he, <laughs> he got up and he was right next to me. It, it was just us. It was, it was just us. And I mean, in, in the moment I was, you know, I didn't care. I was just like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm ready for worship. You know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm not, you know, happy. I'm not on fire. And, but I was just looking around at so many people who, you know, say that just like, you know, oh yeah, I'm, 
I'm, I'm good or, you know, I'm, I'm happy or whatever. I'm this or I'm that, or, you know, oh, I'm a good Christian. I go to church. And it's just like, there was no engagement and it was, it felt like, it felt like going to an opera concert, being dragged to an opera concert. You don't want to go to them. Just like people just sitting, being bored. I'm just like, or even people just like recording on their phones. Not that that was necessarily bad, but the focus just wasn't there. Mm-mm. And it was just like, y'all seem fake. <laughs> And, you know, speaking back to that stained glass masquerade, it's just like, it's just, it's just fake. You just came here to, you know, say, oh yeah, I listened. I went to the Michael W. Smith concert and, you know, it wasn't, I got to worship being led by Michael W. Smith, the author of these beautiful poems that bring praise to mm. the Lord. Like the most popular worship songs yeah. of all time. Yeah. And just to be able to be in that space with somebody who is, you know, in tune with their own spirit to, you know, create these words for us to all be praised together. And I was just like, man, this is, this is kind of sad. So um, I guess to wrap up, we talked about three things. Number one was worship. And we kind of got back onto that, right? Yeah. Have an attitude for worship. Yeah. You know, allow yourself to have the experience don't be scared of what other people's uh, what other people think right the lord wants to know what you think right and he has not given you a spirit of fear but of power and love and self-control so have the self-control have the love for the lord to sing out praise make Mm -hmm. a joyful noise rejoice rejoice literally means to jump and spin yeah (laughs) 100 percent. next listen to the message yeah and not just listen. There's actually in a Hebrew, uh, there is the there's a prayer there's a prayer in Deuteronomy called the Shema prayer, and Shema is a Hebrew word that be that means both uh, listen and understand, but it also means to allow your heart to be open to, in the idea of I'm not listening with just my ears, I'm listening with my heart, and also the action of listening the action of being engaged you know our even our own posture can change our engagement level like if we're sitting you know laid back arms crossed you know head laid back you know we're already putting ourselves in a posture of i don't want to be here yeah Uh, but a posture of like you know sometimes i'm hanging on the edge of my seat or you know i'm or i'm thinking i'm just like oh that made me think of a scripture engagement for sure yeah and 100%. So have an attitude of engagement. Yeah. And finally, don't shy away from the altar. Right, yeah. The altar is the place where things happen. That's where spirits are turned, where souls are saved, where limbs are healed, where brothers are brought back together. It is such a powerful place, and it is a powerful tool as well that the Lord has given us. And he doesn't ask us for much. Yeah, he doesn't. Now, really, he doesn't. How yeah. many the 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 altar is hardly used nowadays, and I've seen so many miraculous things happen at the altar. Mm-hmm. And you know, so I look at that um, little vial of olive oil that yeah. a lot of churches keep mm-hmm. up at the altar that hasn't been used, and yeah, it's sad. The worst things we can do are let an altar get dusty, mm. and it's. Uh, it's just sad. And that's like in all of this, like even with uh, those that feel, you know, maybe uncomfortable in the church or already feel comfortable, the idea of allowing 
yourself to feel what you're feeling, not hide it. If you're broken or, but are putting on, you know, a fake smile, or if you are, you know, maybe even if you're happy, but you want to show, you know, how much, much you're struggling or if, like just the idea of a mask, like Moses, when Moses was coming down from Mount Sinai, his face at that point was radiating from the Lord. Like it was so bright, both spiritually and literally. And so they put a veil over his face because also we know what did Moses come down to uh, after Mount Sinai? Might have had something to do with the golden calf. Yeah. And his, yeah. (laughs) So he came down to that and they put a veil over his face. They put a mask and just like, you know what? This is, this is too much for us. We're going to put a veil. But when Jesus came along, it said that in Christ, that veil is removed in Christ that that veil is taken off to let the true radiance of God shine, you know, in our, the radiance of God shining in our brokenness, in our happiness and our joyfulness in our, in our sometimes confused states, but just being your real self, not because God already knows how you're feeling, but if you're going to still try and hide that, like you're not doing yourself any favors and whether whether you may feel like you don't belong, you know, sometimes it can be a journey, you know, finding, finding, finding your church, finding your people, whether you're somebody who's already, you know, comfortable in your church, you know, feel like be conscious of what is going on around you. Like, do you see fake people? Do you see a dusty altar? Do you see a preacher who is, you know, is making it about, himself instead of the words that's being said yeah yeah a lot of time people make uh time or um being secretive as their pull of bethesda Mm. and they're waiting on the outside saying go eventually you know Mm. and then what if jesus came to you and said oh yeah you can hold on to that for as long as you can Mm. do you want to be healed yeah then go to the altar Mm -hmm. we're not saying it's going to happen Right. But I've seen things happen. Right. And even just, you know, the 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 faith, the the, the belief without trust understanding that is that is what it's that is what it's about. But whew, this is really good. Yeah, almost like a rant session. Yeah. yeah. Uh but this has been really awesome. Uh, if also if you guys haven't caught our episode last week, we got to have our first guest, Dr. Munshaw on. Uh, it was really fun times. So please check that out. If you want to get more up-to-date details, uh, check out our Instagram at Theo underscore thoughts dot podcast. We're on Spotify, Apple, Amazon. We're on WGRN 89.5 FM, Greenville University Radio, Monday nights, 7 p.m. Central. Uh, so there's a lot of avenues for you to listen in. And, you know, if you if you enjoy the podcast, you know, share it out to other people, you know. We, we've had a regular listener base for a while and, you know, um, we, we hope that those of you that are listening all, all the way through are enjoying it. So if you're enjoying it, you know, feel free to share it out. Hi, mom. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Jordan, anything else? Nope. I'm, I'm all, I'm all done. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, love y'all. We'll catch you next week. God, God bless. bless.